Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to another edition of The Closet of Shame, sponsored by our good friends at Imagine Brands. I've spoken about this before, and they are launching an exciting line of Coleman drinkware, uh, Coleman, that Coleman legacy of adding excitement, fun, and memories to the outdoors. Any outdoor occasion really began well over 100 years ago. And when you combine the established brand of Coleman along with the reliability of Imagine Brands, it's going to provide you new and innovative products that will never Ever, ever appear in your client's closet of shame. So if you're interested in that new Coleman drinkware, and I know you are, go ahead and visit imaginebrands.com and go through the clown, go to the crown section and uh, give it a look. It's some pretty good stuff. I've actually used uh, some of it on the adult beverage of the week, and I have to say it is some high-quality drinkware. Well, like I said, this is Bill Petrie. Welcome to the Closet of Shame. And it is my distinct pleasure to introduce a friend of mine to the program, someone I've had the pleasure of working with, the lovely and talented Kimball Bosworth from Proforma Printelligence. And if you don't know Kimball, you really should. Aw. I know, I know. There was actually a touch of humanity there, wasn't there, Kimball? There was. I don't... I. I thought you knew me better than this. I know, but see, so here's the thing. I asked guests for the Clause of Shame to give me a brief bio, and Kimball, being Kimball, sent me a book um, because she's <laughs> lived an incredibly interesting life. So I'm just going to pick out a couple of things that jumped out at me. Um, she has a horrible case of ADD and often exaggerates numbers. Having worked with her, that's fact. I can validate that. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh she can run 400 meters in less than 70 seconds. I have no idea if that's good or not, but I like numbers. So we're going to go ahead and run with that. It's not great. It'll get you fourth place. Hey, but that's better than fifth. <laughs> but you're not on the medal stand. It's true. And really the reality is I only have to be able to run faster than the person behind me. Exactly. But in all seriousness, Kimball is the president and COO of Proforma Printelligence, a great Proforma franchise here in Nashville. They will stick a logo on anything that's not breathing, and they have a philosophy which I've always loved. Chum, not swag, because it makes marketing rock stars out of every company they work with. She was born and raised in God's country in Texas. She's lived in Dallas, Waco, San Antonio, Venice Beach, Hong Kong, Osaka, Kyoto, Singapore, London, Orlando, Columbus, Chicago, Rockville, Bethesda, and now Nashville. She and her college best friend, Chris Bosworth, also a good friend, decided after 11 years of friendship to go ahead and settle on each other. And in Nashville, and they've been married for 16 years, they make their home in our, my city, and they met at Vanderbilt. Kimball, welcome to the Closet of Shame. I'm so happy to have you here. I am so happy to be here, I think. 
although when I told one of my employees that you had invited me to talk about mistakes, she's like, is that really an honor? Or does it just mean that you make a lot of mistakes and he knows you have a ton to choose from? And you're right. Well, we, we all do in this industry. I mean, this industry just screams opportunity for failure just because of the way the supply chain works. Um, so it's actually a good thing. So if you could let everybody know how you got in the industry, how long you've been in, and then we'll jump into your story. Well, I worked for one of the biggest printing companies in the country and then one of the biggest promo companies in the country, and both of them went bankrupt due to no fault of my own. That's what they so all say. I started Because I, I, can, I can tell similar stories. <laughs> it's true. So I started my own company mostly because no one else will have me. Stop <laughs> <laughs> that. And so now I run this company with my husband and our amazing team of five. You do have a good team. You do have a good team. So the clause of shame, the philosophy behind it, and I always use this when I was a distributor. When I'd go into a corporate client, I'd always ask them where their closet of shame was. And they'd kind of look at me funny and say, I kind of, you know, they didn't know what I meant. And I say, you know, I know there's a closet in this building where the, the bad promo's hidden. The logo wasn't quite right. It missed the event date. Otherwise, you're just hiding it from you, hoping it'll disappear. I never want to contribute to that closet of shame. So, Kimball, can you tell us a story of maybe a, a time when you contributed to a client's closet of shame? I can tell you a story. Just one, because it only happened one. once, right? It's, it's only ever happened once, and I had to dig really deep to figure it out. But so here deep. we go. Um so yeah, I have a large radio station customer who does mm -hmm. a bunch of events. And every year, several times a year, we ship out 3,500 wine glasses to show okay. up the week before the event because they have no storage. Mm -hmm. um, it is dropped off in a parking garage. It stays Classy. there until the box truck comes and picks it up and brings it to a bridge in the middle of Nashville where the team of volunteers unloads these things and starts handing them out. This kind of sounds like a drug deal. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. lovely. It's a lovely event. But basically, you've got 3,500 people who are showing up, and they have paid a considerable amount of money for their glass. Mm -hmm. And that's it. All you got to do, one job, give them the glass. Give so them order, one glass. So we order the glasses and we stack up all the boxes and they start to unload the boxes and hand them to the people. Mm -hmm. And there is a glass with a logo on it that says, and it is shaped like a Heine, and it says Heine Wines, which is what? not a sponsor of this event. We have no idea what Heine Wines is. We have no idea how Heine Wines got into our shipment. So so hold on one second. 3,500 wine glasses ready for an event. All of them had the wrong logo on them? We're every single one? We're not exactly sure about that at this point. Okay. So the customer gets us on the phone. They're in a panic. It is two hours before the event. Well, sure. What are we going to do? So... We try to figure out what our options are. So obviously, I cannot ruin this event. I have no. to get the sponsor's glass with the appropriate sponsorship on well, it. Well, so, so you're at the event, though. You're at the event. I'm in the office. You're at the, at okay. the event. They're at the event. But you're hearing So how did they communicate yeah. this to you? I mean, so how did you hear about it? they called my cell phone and said, you have got to 
solve this problem. And I'm like, you're right. I have to solve this problem. So let's figure out, first of all, how bad is the problem? Mm -hmm. Open up every box. Right. Turns out there's only two cases that have Heine wines on it. Okay. This happened to be the first one. So luck played a huge part in solving this problem. So now we know the event is sold out. Right. We and you're going to need all those glasses. You're yeah, going to need every need every glass. Every glass. So my first reaction is let's you know we can't call the vendor. Right. Well, we you could. Get, but well, yeah, it's not it's a Saturday and it's not going to do any good. Right. Um so we happen to have our own events that we put on quite often and we have a stash of about three cases of stemless plastic wine glasses that we use for our events Mm -hmm. they're kind of funny they say on the front of them we cover your print we cover your promo and sometimes we cover your glass like it yeah i like it a lot that's a great self promo by the way run to our own promo closet we grab Mm -hmm. two cases of these glasses and we send them over to the event and say use these in case of an emergency Right. We'll credit so you're, you for the, the two place, cases of glasses. We're glad it's only two, and we'll figure out how to fix this from ever happening again. What was what was the, at this point? So you're working with the client. You, you've you've got a solution. What was their reaction to seeing the wrong glasses first? And then what was their reaction to your uh, solution? Your your proposed solution. So their first reaction was complete panic because they've got a bunch of other stuff they have to do for this event. They can't right. worry about this. And you're supposed to make things easier. Right. Now, their second reaction is, oh, crud, why didn't we open these boxes before? So, which leads to some of the resolution of this. We now have a policy in place with them that they open every box before the event. Oh, that's good policy. That's that's fixed that problem. It will never happen again. And everything gets there a week in advance. So we know we have time to fix it. Um, We also learned a valuable lesson about kind of carrying our own stuff. Yeah. Just in case. So well, we had the a fact that plan. yeah, the fact that you had a couple boxes of those uh, glasses that were you know for self promo, and if kind of fortuitous, right? If we didn't, we had backup plan number two, which was go buy them. Right. No question. <laughs> no question. So we were going to be good no matter what for this particular two cases. I don't know right. what we would have done if it was thirty five hundred. I probably would have jumped off that bridge that the festival was on. Right. Um, right. But so their level of frustration was initially very high. When we realized that it was only a small amount of glasses, it was less high. And then what I did was I went to look up Heine Wines Mm -hmm. to figure out who these people were. Because if it was going to be all the cases, this was while they were opening boxes. Sure. um, I wanted to see if maybe there was a way I could reach out to them and switch the sponsorship. Right. Say, hey, we got your glasses. You clearly have somebody else's glasses at your event. Right. So what can we do? Well, so as I try to reach out for Heine Wines, I Google them, and I find this YouTube video that is one of their commercials. Mm -hmm. I kid you not, this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm going through these YouTube commercials, and it's Harry and Seymour Heine. You cannot make this stuff up. Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Mm-hmm. So Harry and Seymour Heine yep. sitting on a porch. So I feel I'm almost chair. picturing picturing an old Bartles and James style Very commercial. Close. They're okay. on a porch in the middle of a farm, and they're sipping on some wine, and they're talking about, so have you ever put any apples in your Heine? 
And mm. Seymour says, never put an apple in my hiney. But I did try a kick one time, and I put a jalapeno in my hiney, and you should try that. Oh, my gosh. And they go on, and I'm dying laughing. So what I did was I took this video clip, and I sent it to the head of the volunteers at the event. And I said, this is what we're working with here. Mm-hmm. And they were so busy laughing. And still to this day, we joke about those commercials and literally changed the whole mood about how we dealt with the problem, which was one of my most fun ways to lighten the situation sure. up and let them know, hey, we're going to fix this. But even though you still have to see this. Well, you know, it's it, first of all, you you had some glasses, which was perfect, right? You had a mm-hmm. solution, not an ideal solution, but a solution. And then the fact that the wrong wine glasses that they got were, were so funny, uh, you know, the commercial. Now, did you ever get in t- touch with Heine Wines? I, you know, Please tell me they're a client of yours. Please no, tell me they're a client. They are not a client of mine, but I did get in touch with them, and I yep. asked them if they would like their glasses back, and they said they were fine because they got most of their shipment and they didn't need them. So we kept the glasses, and we have a we keep a lot of the things that are mistakes. Sure. Because we reimburse our customers for right. them. Right, and that's what I was going to ask. So and, you're, you're, and then you're we own them. Right. So we basically have a our own little wall of shame to remind us not to make that mistake again. So when so obviously this was a supplier error. And again, we don't we don't name suppliers on this podcast. We don't throw them under the bus because things do happen. But unfortunately, from a distributor's perspective, when something goes wrong, it's you. You're yeah, the yeah. person on the front lines. You have to wear that hat of responsibility. You're the person that has to deal with it. After. So at the at the event, they used all the glasses. What what was the final resolution there? Obviously, you ate a couple of the boxes um, in terms of, of the cost of the wine glasses, correct? Yes. We okay. credited them for those couple cases of wine glasses. Um, we gave them ours, which they did need to use. Right. Um, we had a good laugh. Mm-hmm. I... Got to keep the honey wine glasses, which still to this day makes me happy. And I'd really kind of um, like one. I'm not going to lie. We put a couple of um, new procedures in place. This was early on in a relationship with this customer that has lasted for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we put a couple of procedures in place, both from the customer's perspective, the manufacturer's perspective, um, to make sure that nothing like this happens again. So I right. have a philosophy mistakes are tuition mm-hmm. don't make i love that for the same class twice that's a great that's a great takeaway because mistakes are going to happen right yeah. and sometimes they're in your control and sometimes like this one it's out of your control how did you did you ultimately help the client move on from it i mean how did you rebuild that trust because even though you you personally didn't do anything wrong the client thinks you screwed up well doesn't matter that things. was there's Go a few ahead. things i do with the client um, okay. The first thing is, the buck stops with me. I always take the blame. Mm-hmm. It's my problem. It's nobody else's problem. It's not the guy on the shipping dock who pulled two right. of the wrong cases. They're all in the same box. Right. It's easy to pick the wrong cases. I get it. Um, what I tried to do was, I set the tone early on that the problem is going to get fixed. Right. And that's something we do with all those situations. So they have trust that, you know, if something ever goes wrong again, we know they're going to come through for us. 
I think that's a really cool distinction. And again, I know you well enough to, and I've worked with you enough. I know this, but maybe other people don't, is that you almost set that up in the beginning of your relationship with, with your clients, that things do go wrong in the industry, but when they do, you are going to handle it. It's true. And it's, I say early on in any client relationship, I will tell you when you need to worry. I love that. That is so vulnerable and transparent because, you know, when you're in a selling situation, most people, we want to look perfect. We want to look like, hey, work with us. It's always going to be rainbows and lollipops and unicorns. And it's just not. And I think by calling that out up front, Kimball, I think it's such a great idea and such a great lesson for people to take away from this podcast is that, you know, you, you have that honesty, and when you come across with that kind of honesty, of, hey, I will let you know when you need to worry. If you do, if I tell you you don't need to worry, I may be scrambling from behind the scenes. You don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. I've got it. When you come with that type of raw honesty, I, I think that really sets a tone for the relationship. So when things do go wrong, you get to position yourself to be the hero. Well, you know what else it does? It keeps your client from pestering you. Yep which is really my ultimate goal in telling them that up front. Well, sure. Is they don't know the process. Right. My job is to manage the process for them and let right. them know when something's gone horribly wrong. Right. Right. No, I think that's a great story. Um, I really do want one of those Heine wine glasses. <laughs> um, at the very least, you need to send me a picture of it so that when we post this podcast, we can do a picture of it with it. I will see if I can find one. I may have so, given them all away at this point. You may have because it's, it's a great been a story. Lot of years. <laughs> so, what's the one thing you learned? I think I know what the answer is. What's the one thing you learned from that that day, that challenge with that client? What did you learn? Um, that there, if you think outside of the box, there's going to be a fix to almost everything, and how you mm-hmm. handle it is much more important than the problem in the first place. What they're going to remember is how you mm-hmm. handled it. No, I, I think that's a great, great, great thing to walk away from. Um, what is the one piece of advice you'd give a distributor who just royally screwed up an order, whether they screwed it up or not, but if the order is screwed up and they're trying to save the client? Because you ended up saving, you still work with the same client. Oh, yeah, right? and I've I mean, saved that's myself the, from bigger things than that with this client. So. Uh, I, <laughs> that might be a story for your next time on the Closet of Shame. There, I'm telling you, we could fill a whole week. Well, and we <laughs> just might. So what, what one piece of advice would you give a distributor who has an order that's gone sideways and they desperately want to save the client? Um, I think I basically gave it to you is that um, the mistakes are tuition. Mm-hmm. You've really got to put policies and procedures in place up front, set mm-hmm. the expectations up front with the client so it never happens again. Right. You just can't. You've got to move on from that mistake and find yourself another one. No, no question. And, and you, you need to find those mistakes as quickly as possible too, right? Yeah. You, you really do. Um, I think that's some great stuff. So I've got, I, I like to ask this question as we are, we're getting close to, to wrapping up here. What is the worst client merchandise you've ever seen, whether you created it or not? The worst piece of merchandise you've ever seen? Oh, Bill, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, ex- now I'm glad I asked. In the interest of full disclosure, yes, ma'am. let me start this story by saying that Yelp 
does not recognize me as a business. Okay. They refuse to. They will not let me register my business. Now, I'm a part of a franchise. Mm-hmm. They recognize hundreds of others of franchises in my right. organization, but not me. So I may have a personal bone to pick with Gap. Yep. But that is beside the point. They still have, and I know you've seen this. Mm-hmm. How many times have you gone to a business door, window, whatever, mm-hmm. and seen the sticker that they give the business to put on the door, and it is faded? Mm-hmm. It is raggedy on the edges. It is clearly not created for window application. Yeah, bright sunlight TV all day, every day. Weatherproofing. It's a sticker. It's going mm-hmm. on a window. Whoever made the sticker and whoever bought the sticker should have damn well researched what it should have been made out of. And they didn't. And every time I see it on someone's building and it's ratty, I take a picture of it, I Instagram it, and I hashtag promo fail. You know, I, I can't imagine why Yelp would refuse to list your business. Uh, gee, I, 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 I'm at a loss. Um, no, that's actually awesome because I do see that. You see that often, and it's not just Yelp stickers you see um, with that. So let me ask you one final question, Kimball. A client wants a certain piece of merchandise. What is the one piece of merchandise you will never sell a client because you know it's going to end up in their closet of shame? Hmm. That's a tough one. I, I like to I, ask the hard-hitting questions, so, Kimball. I'm not messing around here. How much time do we have for this? <laughs> we have as much time as you want as long as it's four minutes. So I have a story. Okay. I had a Love client call me, and she said, I'm going to, she's a financial advisor, financial mm-hmm. planner. She's going to a group of other financial planners in front of the decision makers. She says, it's next Friday. I desperately need something fast. Can you send me pens? And I said, no, I'm sorry. I can't send you pens because you're better than that. I love that. So what are we going to send you? So we came up with all these people were um, generally older. They were definitely decision makers. So they were probably making other decisions. We got this really nice metal ruler with a magnifying glass built in the middle of it so you could read the fine print as you scroll down a page. Right. We gave it to, we sold it to her. She took it to the event. It had a thing on there that said, you should check us out. We'll measure up. Mm -hmm. Actually, we rule. So she sends this thing out or she gives this thing out. And one of the financial buyers came to her booth at the end of the show and said, I'm going to work with you. And she said, why is that? And he said, because you're a ruler in a bag of pens. I like it. I mean, it's it's puntastic, certainly, <laughs> but I like it. And actually what I like, I've always had this philosophy. We are an industry, unfortunately, many times of order takers. So a client says, I want pens because that's what I've always bought. And it's way too easy for a distributor to say, oh, cool, let me get that pen order for you. Instead mm-hmm. of asking the most important question, and you asked it in a different way, which I love, which is why. Why do you want pens or why do you want merchandise X when – in the same budget, we might find something that will tell your story in a much more impactful way and yield better results. So I, I love I love that fact that you, you challenge the client and say you're better than that. And I, I think that's something I might steal. You're I might actually steal that. Um, so I, I love that. And you know what else you'll want to steal, Kimball? You would want to steal some of this fantastic Coleman drinkware 
that is just hitting the market. It's being launched right now by our good friends at Imagine Brands. I love outdoors, and you know they're all made of stainless steel. They're vacuum insulated. They come in a ton of different colors. And no matter how you choose your outdoor adventure, and Kimball, you like being in the outdoors. I do. Whether you're hiking or biking, camping, a backyard barbecue, Coleman, along with Imagine Brands, is your brand. And you will never find any of that product in anybody's closet of shame. You know where you will find it? Where will you find it, Kimball? Last week on our brew tour, where we gave it to our customers. There you go. Right there, a perfect example of, and I, that is promotional products that is liked, kept, and remembered. It's true. Kimball, I can't thank you enough for being on the closet of shame and i really appreciate your stories and we'll have to do this again we really should all right thank you so much we'll talk to you later thanks bill thank you for listening to the closet of shame the closet of shame is available only at promocorner.com the leader in digital marketing and media for the promotional products industry 